was in his 80s when I met him, okay, in his 80s. Every day he would go into his studio to work. Even if he didn't have students coming every day from Monday to Friday at 8 a.m., he was in his studio working. You don't have that kind of discipline and passion very often. I'm sorry to tell you that. I really wanted to learn. I really wanted to gain the experience. I wanted to know the craft from the inside out, you know. What you see nowadays, in most cases, is in one side, this obsession with fame, which social media has made so easy. You don't find that commitment that much. I think we live in a world nowadays where people want fast everything. I think we have lost a lot of attention span. It's very hard. Yeah. to keep our focus in a specific subject because there is so much offer and stimulation from everywhere. So in order to go deep into an art form, you need time and focus. The dancers are just so much into a competition mode, which also doesn't help. I used to think if I couldn't find hope, I should just let it all go. I used to think if I couldn't make dreams come true, I should just let them all go. It can really be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in life. But this is really ecstatic to me because, uh, you know, uh, nowadays I hardly see any passionate person especially for performing arts or for you know the craft per se because everyone is after the fast glamour the fame the money the success and especially now in age of digital era you know everyone is everywhere and hashtags are there hashtag actors life hashtag dancer hashtag this that and in all of this, the real essence is missing and that's why the casting couches or Me Too movements or I don't know, there are so many things which come along with all these things. So do you have any such message to give to our listeners per se that, you know, how to inculcate that passion for the craft? I think that is very important to go on, practice, rehearse every day, irrespective of the fame or the popularity. One thing is what I observe you're just mentioning it so well, is we are getting into a, a wave, a trend of uh, self-promotion at any cost. So I see that in every area, right? I mean, it's not only Egyptian dance. I see uh, dancers in Cairo now who are my students. They're practically uh, not dancing. I mean, no contracts or they're dancing in horrible places or under horrible conditions, but they will still video and uh, do the video and share it and, and self-promote themselves as stars when they know nothing about it and they're working under degrading conditions because I know, I know the market very well. And I wonder when I see that, why? You know, because when I went to Cairo, as I was telling you, of course I had my ambitions, but they certainly were not instant fame and they certainly were not fame at any cost. <laughs> that was not what I was going for. Um, even in the first years that I worked there, I didn't film any of my shows, any of it, because I really wanted to learn. I really wanted to gain the experience. I wanted to know the craft from the inside out, you know. What you see nowadays in most cases is in one side this obsession with fame which social media has made so easy 
it has a beautiful side it has a dark side <laughs> you know it has never been so easy to promote yourself but then because it has never been so easy you see everything the bad the the, the good the terrible the, the amazing it's all a big mess right now in terms of of dance and love for the craft uh, I don't know a lot of dancers who have that you know and, and that I, I don't know if we can instill that I think when you have it you have it you know one of my biggest teachers he passed away a couple of months ago his name was Mahmoud Reda he's a very respected uh, teacher he's considered the father of Egyptian folklore he created Reda troupe which was the first uh, professional dance troupe in Egypt he made a research all over Egypt and he collected music dialects, dance steps, clothing, subcultures from every point, and he created an entire uh, career, not only a show program, but career, to promote uh, Egyptian folklore, and he took it all over the world, because at some point, the government of Egypt took over, they sponsored them, and they went into the biggest theaters, the most respected theaters in the world. And I had the privilege of studying and working with Mahmoud while I was performing in Cairo, right? And um, Mahmoud was in his 80s when I met him, okay? In his 80s. Every day he would go into his studio to work. Even if he didn't have uh, students coming, even if he didn't have a uh, commitment, let's say he had, uh, he had to deliver a workshop or he was preparing for something. Religiously, every day from Monday to Friday at 8 a.m., he was in his studio working. You don't have that kind of discipline and passion very often. I'm sorry to tell you that. I know in Indian culture, this is something from classical Indian dance. Dancers are trained to do that. Actually, in Indian dance, you will not survive if you are not super, super committed and disciplined and if you don't take it seriously. Because it's very hard. It's a very hard dance and it takes years to master. In Egyptian dance, we don't have that kind of seriousness, of commitment. We don't have also, not yet, a standard, a school, a certification, a university, one reference that dancers can look up to and say, okay, this is the education I must get in order to call myself a pro-oriental dancer or a serious oriental dancer. There is not a school or a certification, not yet, like that. There is also an idea that Egyptian dance is, you know, it's easy and fun and anybody can do it. And then it really depends on how deep you want to go into it and which level you want to go for, just as I mentioned at the beginning. So if you want to take it like just having fun, yeah, it's easy and it's cool and it's relaxing. If you want to learn it as an art form, it'll take your lifetime. Yeah. And uh, you don't find that commitment that much. I think we live in a world nowadays where people want fast everything. I think we have lost a lot of attention span. It's very hard. Yeah. to keep our focus in a specific subject because there is so much offer and stimulation from everywhere. So in order to go deep into an art form, you need time and focus. You cannot jump from, you know, you can't. You need to focus. And I think we do live in a world where focus is more and more and more hard to get. And the dancers are just so much into a competition mode, which also doesn't help. 
you know, I struggle a lot against that. I've, I've traveled the world teaching Egyptian dance, so after I built my, my career, at least as a performer, I start, started building it in Egypt, I started to receive invitations to teach and to perform and to lecture in festivals around the world, and it was wonderful. But one thing I noticed was the trend of competition. Dancers competing 24 hours per day and teachers stimulating that competition, even when they're not in official competitions. So I'm talking about a class, okay? There was one country where I was, a beautiful country I adore. I went there several times after that. But the first time I was there, there were around 600 students in the room. It was a theater. They rented the theater for the workshop. And I could feel the tension of competition in the theater. I asked the DJ to stop the music while I was teaching the workshop. And I told them, beautiful women, listen to me. I come all over from Egypt here to teach you authentic Egyptian dance. If you cannot stop competing with each other, I cannot do my job. Because Egyptian dance comes from the heart. And I cannot move from the heart if I'm looking at my, my fellow woman, my fellow dancer, like, I have to be better than you. It's not compatible. I'm either in a place of self-confidence and love, and then I will look at my colleagues, other women, with confidence and love, or I'm in competition mode. I want to be better than you. I want to be better than her. I want to be better than her. You cannot have both. And they were shocked, you know, they were shocked because I threatened to stop it. I, I, I told them, if you don't change your attitude right now, I'm gonna get my stuff together and go back to the hotel. I will not continue this workshop. There was big silence in the theater. And I had to explain to them, you know, the, uh, the way you look at other women is the way you look at yourself. If you're not able to look at these women, this theater, and say, do your best, I'm here doing my best, enjoy, let's enjoy together. If you don't have this magnanimous generosity towards other women, you don't have it towards yourself. If you're critical towards other women, if you're competitive, if you think you have to be better, you have to uh, go up and up and up and up and ha always have them almost as your enemy, because you are your own enemy. You are not self-confident as you may think. You are insecure, deeply insecure. Unless you're able to look at other women and say, you are beautiful, you're brilliant, you can do it. You know why I know you can do it? Because I can do it as well. Yeah. How beautiful, yeah. Yeah. And this is the, this, the, the ground where Egyptian dance can flourish. Yeah. And what I noticed, you know, aside from this superficiality and this fast pace that does not allow people to focus and to go deep into anything, not Egyptian dancing, not anything. We live in an age of superficiality, <laughs> you know? And this is not just the problem for Egyptian dancers, it's for every, everything, you know? We live too fast, and when we, we don't have time, we don't feel. Yeah. You know, Egyptian dance requires feeling. Going deep into an art form requires time. But if we don't have time, we don't learn in depth, and we don't feel even emotion. I was just teaching about that in my school. Uh, I've been teaching a new course on arms and hands and emotional expression. And I was just telling them, asking them, they have time. They 
thought this was a strange question. <laughs> time for what? I said, time to feel. <laughs> time to feel? I never thought about it. Okay, think about it. You have time to feel. I said, how, when? In your life, in your daily life. You even have time to feel. To be sad when you're sad. To be happy when you're happy. To be afraid if you're afraid. You have time to feel. They did not have time. They realized, no, I don't have time. I'm always running somewhere. Yeah. Could be good for me. Lately I was feeling like I need a purpose. I said, okay. So we're gonna have to recover that time. Because Egyptian dance invites you to feel. In order to feel, you need time. There is a shift in the way that we're living that is proposed by authentic Egyptian dance. You know, it is so beautiful because it's, it's the most ancient dance form. And suddenly I realize it's so contemporary and it's most needed right now, more than ever, you know? So on that note, I want to ask you, you know, uh, for our listeners to give some tips actually, because even I see, especially midlife uh, women, you know, in their 40s or 50s, they're like at the middle of their age, you know, in the lifetime, but they have never explored their bodies, their own bodies, even if like they have, they have become mothers, but uh, they are not really aware of their own body. So they have not moved per se, forget dancing. So any tips like, you know, how to embrace yourself. And I think embracing only comes when you embody your entire body into something and you know you really start connecting with as as you said that you know to feel everything so how one can do that because there, i i see there's a lot of inhibitions in indian women 